0: Raph, James, we're coming to you with another red hot episode of Down Around. But before we do.
1: Yep, sorry. Promo in, alert, promo alert, promo alert. Promo alert, we have a deal for you. Do not skip forward 15 seconds and then another 15 seconds when we're still talking about the deal.
0: Do not do that. <laughs> D- just buckle in. We're making you a deal. Yeah, out of the deal. This is obviously the free episode that comes out weekly. I know there are some of you that are sitting at home that say, I love what the Down Round Boys are putting out. I love their content. I love their takes. I love their unique view on the world. Yep. But I'm price sensitive. Yes. Inflation is running rampant. Yeah, it is. You Cost know? of living. Cost of living. Well, like- Cosy living? I had co- not co- heard co- that term. Cosy lives. Yeah. I mean, allegedly, people were saying it, but certainly not in the circles I can sort with. No. We've got an announcement for you. And for the people who are already subscribed to our premium offering... You and only you are allowed to skip forward. We're running a sale on our on our premium. If you subscribe now to a yearly membership to Downround Premium, it will cost you forty nine dollars. That is so cheap because, like, think about it. If you're paying seven dollars a month for a whole year, let me run the
1: numbers: seven times ten, you start off with seven hundred seventy, plus an extra seven times two. That's how I would run the numbers. Eighty four dollars is what it would typically cost you if you're paying seven dollars a month. Forty nine is basically half of that.
0: Yeah. T- don't think about it too hard. But it's about half of it. Imagine what you can spend the rest of that $34 on. You could buy three beers. Yep. You could buy. Depending on where you go. Depending on where you go. Might <laughs> be two. And def- schooners. And not, not fancy stuff. They? Nothing fancy. Just like go for like the. can't United Breweries kind of stuff. Go for your Gunny or your Lion stuff. The most craft you can possibly get is James Squire 150 lashes. Yep. You cannot go more expensive than that. Uh, you could also spend it on a bargain basement PlayStation game. Certainly so, yes. not a new release. No, no.
1: Or you could maybe go to Uniqlo and see what they've got on sale there. You could. I reckon you could get a
0: a, a nice pair of cargo pants from Uniqlo or shorts. <laughs> shorts. No, only shorts. Shit I'm, shorts. Uh, yep. In the wrong season, that's the thing. Maybe, like
1: right now, given the, how fucking hot and humid it is, probably some big fleece numbers that you would not want to put
0: on because it's just too hot. Yep.
1: The season is wrong. Or you can have one entire year of this kind of analysis. Anyway. make you, you have the cash to get both.
0: Go to the link in the, in the show notes, uh, and that will take you right to the subscription page. We'd love to have you. You can join our Discord. You can participate in all the very high-minded elite intellectual conversation that takes place there, Mm -hmm. and you also get an extra episode a week. What a phenomenal deal. Click the link. We'll catch you soon. (laughs) Today, we're talking about an episode that we've hyped for no reason. (laughs) Oh, I think there's a reason. I say
1: with a mouthful of White chalk macadamia and salted caramel cookie. Yeah, it's
0: good. It's a good cookie. Uh, uh, uh,
1: there's a reason we went anthropological. We went gonzo. I, I, I would dare to say with this episode, we've
0: done we've done real journalism. Yeah, for the first time in our goddamn lives, and that includes when I was an actual journalist. <laughs> we are talking about Ozempic. A Ozempic. A we've actually done an episode with Tim Doyle from Eucalyptus, which is one of the main Australian marketplaces that are selling Azempic right now. He's Australia's number one Azempic dealer. Hey, absolutely, yeah. We, we mentioned it in our end-of-year wrap, so some of you might be familiar with this, but we have a little bit of an update on the ongoing stuff that Eucalyptus is doing about this, but we also promised that we're going to do a proper one on this. It's kind of angular to our core focus, which is technology, but this is technology. It's biotech. It's biotech, it's pharma. There's um, tech in the name. And also it's a hypergrowth stock. Yes, and as soon as it's a hypergrowth stock, that's tech to me, baby. Yeah, that's technology. If it's growing, I'm interested. If, it, if it's growing, it's made in a lab. Yeah, a bunch of pointexes are really excited about it. <laughs> that's tech. Now,
1: but the most importantly, most importantly, with the Azempic episode, don't don't dun, James and I both took Azempic for a brief period of time. Yeah, we took
0: Azempic just to bring it to you, to bring the facts to you. Yeah, we're going to give you the, the top-level business analysis of this this phenomenon mm-hmm. and its future. And we're also go, we're, we're on the ground, we're gonzo, we're telling you subjectively how it feels. Yeah. And you know what? You might be thinking, that's not what I'm here down around for. <laughs> Sorry, that's the heat we're bringing to you Yeah. So. Anyway, but we'll, we'll talk Surely about it. Surely you're curious. Surely you're curious. Surely you're curious. Uh, the, uh, so, to, yeah, to, to kick off the episode, we'll talk about, for you know the five of you that are kind of like, what the hell is a Zempic and why yeah. are you talking about it? It's the latest pharma craze. It's generated. It's the latest human craze to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's the latest uh, um, salvo in the human war on weight. But it's also, and here's the Downrand angle, has generated the most valuable company in Europe. Yes, which is Novo Nordisk, the company that makes this. Mm. Now, long time listeners of Downrand will know that we have been. Historically, a little bit down on Europe, mostly for comedy reasons, because it's kind of funny to say, like, yeah. oh, the French are stupid. It's a failing country. Germany. Oh, pfft, pfft. No, we, UK is
1: a failing country. The French are stupid, but funny. Yep. Germany, oh, I have no sense of humor,
0: <laughs> but good at trains. Ge- ge- Germany, has. It's, I suppose, they are an advanced manufacturing economy. <laughs> Bully to them. Europe does produce a lot of great luxury brands.
1: Yeah, and is a sweet place to go on holiday.
0: It's the Amalfi Coast. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been on record saying, like, Americans shit on Europe and being like, oh, yes, you have no innovation or whatever, but if you've got a super yacht... Where are you, where are you <laughs> taking it? Where are you taking it? Are you taking it just, like, off off the coast of Omaha?
0: <laughs> That would be a challenge given, <laughs> given, was, given, <laughs> given <landlocked>. Nebraska is <laughs> landlocked. But again, like you know, are you are you taking your gigantic one hundred fifty million dollars super yacht off the coast of Mississippi? Are you going to like the Gulf of Mexico? Mm. Maybe you are. Maybe. I'm not, there are some super yachts around there. but most likely Greek re- Islands, baby. Greek Islands, you know, the Mykonos, Cro- <laughs> the Croatian coast. Yes, yeah, split that beautiful Mediterranean air. You can't recreate that. You cannot recreate that in the Bay Area. No, unless Metaverse, you know, I guess. The Metaverse. That's that's the best claim that the US has towards being an elite luxury vacation destination. Yeah, I can be on my super yacht down near Miami and put on a Vision Pro. And pretend that I'm in Mykonos. (laughs) That's all I could do. But any luxury brand that's worth its salt is probably European. But on top of that, Novo Nordisk, Mm. the Danish company that is building Ozempic which is a GLP-1 inhibitor. And it we'll talk- makes you lose weight. So let's talk about the drug very quickly first. So, yeah, talk about the drug very quickly, okay. and then we'll talk a bit about Novo Nordisk as a company because it's kind of interesting. Azempic and other GLP-1 inhibitor drugs have been around for a little while, but their main function has been basically blood sugar management and mm-hmm. di- diabetes management. That was the reason they were sold, and it was... Novo Nordisk's biggest business. Obviously, it's incredibly important to manage the blood sugar mm. of diabetics, but it's not a particularly sexy business. Yeah, I mean, Nordisk was called, and I'm going to get this wrong, like Novo Insulatorium or some shit. Yeah, like. GLP-1 inhibitors serve that purpose. They help with blood sugar management for diabetics. But it was realized that one other output of that is weight loss. Yeah, it massively suppresses your appetite. Hugely suppresses your appetite. There's a long history of drugs that purport to help with weight loss for various things, mm. you know, heroin, fat, heroin heroin is a big one. Uh, unfortunately, it's got a PR problem. It's got a PR problem. <laughs> heroin, heroin has one of the world's worst PR problems for a product. <laughs> as well as like, you know, the various like vitamins and supplements and like fat burner pills and whatever. Mm. It's a long-standing human desire for various reasons to lose weight. Um, a lot of pharmaceuticals have kind of claimed to do it, have not been super effective at it, but uh, Ozempic and other GLP-1 inhibitors seem to work. And the the reason that they seem to work is that they just suppress diet altogether. So yeah, Novo Nordisk. I'm not going to pretend that they discovered that this was a side effect three years ago. Mm. They've obviously known this is a side effect for a very long time because they've been testing. They have 20 plus years of human trials and in-world use of their drug to know that this is one of the side effects mm-hmm. for diabetics that were using it. But it's only recently that they've actually been able to pitch national drug regulatory bodies on the fact of, hey, are we able to get this prescribed for, for weight the, loss? For weight loss. Yeah. Um, and there's been a ton of reporting in the New York Times and uh, mm-hmm. at Bloomberg, as I said, and a bunch of other uh, publications about this becoming an insane health craze, which started with celebrities. Okay. You know, Celebrities being strictly managed on their caloric intake, generally mm. speaking. Whether it's pop stars that need to maintain a certain image or actors that need to be in certain roles or whatever. Well but the camera puts on ten pounds. The camera the camera puts on ten pounds. I'm just looking at the camera for this for yep. the TikTok I oh, shoot. They don't do it. These ones don't actually these ones are these cameras actually. Slimming? They're they're slimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're watching us on TikTok, know that we are forty or fifty kilograms heavier than what we appear on the screen. <laughs> um, anyway, so this sort of went off and it suddenly became sort of like the hot drug of the world. Everyone kind of wanted it for this reason. They reckon Trump was on it. Oh, yeah. That's unconfirmed? Unconfirmed. But I'm sure well, you Come on, he lost a few, you know. For
1: the- Yeah, for, for the, yeah, yeah. Rumors that Kim Kardashian was on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, all this stuff. Exactly. So They're All rumors. Unconfirmed. I'm not claiming that anyone was on
0: anything. Basically, this sent Novo Nordisk's stock price into the stratosphere mm. because the demand for this drug was unbelievably high. As I mentioned, this was like a fairly quaint provincial company. Mm. It's a Danish company. Danish. This, <laughs> a part of the small but vibrant Danish pharmaceutical industry. Mm. And the sheer demand for a pushed their stock price so high that they are now the most valuable company in Europe. One and two, it's had like a vastly distortionary effect on the Danish economy yeah. as a whole. Like Danish GDP now has to be reported as minus Novo Nordisk yeah. to show yeah. the actual state of the Danish economy. It's kind of like the fact that Ireland has to report basically an altered yeah adju- GNI uh, adjusted G- Aj- adjusted <laughs> GNI, which is their gross national income minus uh, basically the inputs of tech companies because obviously Ireland is a tax haven for America and the world's richest tech companies. Yeah. They they route their income through Ireland to get huge tax cuts. And if you report the the Irish GDP with all of that included, it it means that Ireland is one of the highest GDP per capita in the entire world. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that Ireland is not a well-developed hmm. first world economy, but <laughs> they like they're a net exporter of people <laughs> yeah totally which is not typical of like a very rich society <laughs> of, the, of the richest society in the world yeah, uh, so yeah have to, but the same thing is happening with Denmark now except for literally one pharmaceutical company hmm. to give a clearer picture of how, of how that economy works um, but Novo Nordisk itself very
1: interesting company of the voting rights of Novo Nordisk 77% is owned by a not-for-profit hmm how does that work we're getting back into
0: open AI territory here
1: yeah Except that I think in this case, it's been a large benefit. So, like, we won't go into, like, the Wikipedia article of the history of Novo Nordis. But basically, this is my understanding. Feel free to jump in if, I've, if you feel like I'm off-piste. But um, the notes is a Danish pharmacist was doing a tour of America, heard about this pretty cool drug. This is in the early 20th century called insulin. And his ears picked up because his wife, who was also a pharmacist, was a diabetic. And he would do anything to kind of help her with her diabetes, went and checked out this Canadian company that was making this insulin thing for diabetics, was like, this is absolutely wonderful. Can I make this in Europe, this insulin thing? And they were like, you can, as long as you don't make, quote, nasty profits. That's like direct quote, you cannot make heaps of profit out of selling this insulin thing. This is supposed to be to help the world, which is like famously about like the insulin manufacture like patents and whatever. It was like thank God it wasn't like and this is I'm now quoting because I've got no problem with Big Pharma yeah. on the record on the record uh, on the record no problem with Big Pharma. This is a drug that obviously will keep people alive. We don't want to be charging them masses of money so that corporations can make masses of profits. Um, so yes, you can make it, but you have to promise to not make these nasty profits. So Madey went back to Europe, back to Denmark, started Novo. Insulinatorium, or some shit like
0: that. I, okay. So the name of the, the company, just so no one walks out of here misinformed, uh, well, well, actually, Novo Nordisk is a merger of two companies that were working in this space. Novo Therapeutisk Labor, Lab, Laboratorium. Laboratorium, oh, that's Laboratorium. what going And for. the other one was Nordisk Insulin Laboratorium. There you go. So it's a merger of two companies, uh, which they actually emerged in 1989. Uh, but the, the
1: ownership structure was that a not-for-profit... The like Novo Nordis Foundation uh, owned the majority of the shares in this company and owned this company and had the majority of the voting rights. This is literally back in like 1920. What that led to over time, as they explored weight loss, they went down the path of weight loss. Like weight loss wasn't a very sexy kind of drug category for many decades. It's like oh, here's something that you should be investors are going to see money in and therefore going to be investing in companies. But because of the nature of the ownership structure it was owned by this not-for-profit that had a much kind of longer vision and did believe in the idea that like obesity, basically the thinking was like, obesity leads to a bunch of different diseases and deaths and blah, 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 and should be something that people are focusing on. And so therefore, especially with their majority voting rights, allowed Nova Nordisk to keep exploring this like obesity drug thing. It led to them being able to like produce a zempic. Or come up with the zempic, when in the more commercial environment, when you had like short term, when had shareholders who were more concerned with like short term shareholder return or whatever, you might not have been able to like make the investment in into a product like this that at the time like was just not seen as something that would ever be particularly profitable.
0: But yeah, you're right. The uh, a lot of it came down to managing the fact that they had a patent for a drug that was not allowed to have insane profits. And there were a few other like little benefits that came out of it. but the the main thing is that Novo Nordisk is, as you said, like seventy seven percent owned by essentially a charitable foundation. Mm. Um, and it's been kind of funny watching that. It, it actually is kind of like open AI-ish in the sense of that it's like you have a parent company that has a specific aim. in In one case, it's like safe development of AI. and in this case, it's like the betterment of mankind. And the flourishing of human health, yeah, and whatever, and they have a subsidiary that is suddenly in their own areas like the most valuable companies imaginable. Yeah, yeah, it's an incredibly funny sort of arrangement to find themselves in, and they're both navigating it in like kind of similar ways. Yeah, where it's like sort of bending the rules a bit and like really pushing the lim- the the re- limit of their remit to be like we have one of the most valuable products on earth right now. Are we allowed to kind of like make a better moolah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but 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 it seems like in the Novo Nordisk case, like the
1: not-for-profit that has all these voting like voting rights and owns them. Well, I, I don't know if they own the majority of it. I think they own like something like thirty percent of the actual stock. But because of the majority govern- of voting rights, yeah, yeah, the governance situation, or whatever. But they have like within their constitution, they see themselves as an organization that will exist forever.
0: <laughs> Direct quote. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which. Already is a little chilling. I actually don't want to think about any company existing forever. I don't want
1: to think about anything existing forever other than, I don't know, maybe like punishment for evil.
0: <laughs> very, very strict punishment. <laughs> the ultimate punishment for evil that, no, that would be nice if that is, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to exist so my, Earth is a cold dead obliterated rock hurtling through the cosmos like the AI killed us all yeah but no, the Novo Nordis Foundation is still there slugging along <laughs> and, and like making weight loss shots
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah distributing kind of insulin to like various species around the universe um, anyway that, that is literally one of its goals and they, they do have some kind of if you were conspiracy minded which I am not no. This, again, cold hard objective facts here at Downround, but we listen people out. Yeah, <laughs> we will always listen people out. Um, so they spend four percent a year of their um, assets under management. I should say the assets under management are like one hundred and sixty billion dollars. Again, if you're conspiracy minded, that's bigger than like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and this yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. You know, th- this is a serious. It's a BNP. B- <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair bit of dosh. Yeah. Um, so they... They should start spending on an election interference. <laughs> so, right? I mean, who kn- they spend 4% a year because they're like... Which, like, doesn't seem that... When you've got 160 bill under management, 4%, you know, it's uh, like, but no, we must keep... We're going to be very strict about this 4%, very Danish, because
0: we want to exist forever. Yeah, <laughs> remember, Remember. We're going to be around forever. Rule one. Long after you <laughs> and your descendants are dead, we're going to be chugging along. So only 4% a year
1: is what we're going to spend majority of it is on stem cell research, which I personally think is very promising.
0: Biotech. Yeah. Stem cell research. It's good stuff. To me, that's one of those umbrella terms, which just means you're working on something cool. Yeah, yeah. Like DNA. Stem cell, cell, DNA. Mm -hmm. You know what? RNA, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like,
1: but they're very, very focused on obesity. At, At the root cause of obesity, this is where like conspiracy theorists' ears might prick up. They're concerned about the root cause of obesity. Which I don't know. What's the root cause of obesity? Like, Desire, what? apparently.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> so, like it's getting a bit airy fairy. If you
1: got one hundred and sixty bill to spend
0: on getting rid of
1: the root cause, yeah,
0: it is kind of because, as, as I said before, this they were a very, very unsexy company mm. doing diabetes management. And if you go to their website now and compare it to their website three or four years ago, and like their mission statement, all this kind of stuff, it has definitely been tweaked to like target their new money making enterprise. Which you know, again. Funny. Yeah, and so the actual experience its uh, one of, you know,
1: itself of, like, taking a Zempic, which which fits into this, you're injecting this stuff into your body. The needle thing, like, it is slick. Like, it feels... You get... The box is expensive. You get, it's like Apple packaging. When you receive your, your Zempic or whatever, the packaging is pristine. This is, like, thick cardboard with, like, a magnetized kind of flap. You know, all this kind of gear. Open it up. There's this felt. I get like injection pen. I think people would be familiar with like an injection pen. But it's like um, it's it's curved, like it's really nicely curved. It doesn't have like sharp corners. You know, it's kind of slightly thicker in the middle than it is at the ends. And um, it's got a kind of a matte finish on it. And you kind of twist it round. You do this, this little twisty thing on the top. It's quite mechanical, like it's quite a delightful experience of injecting oneself like you twist it round to the dosage required, shove it in your thigh, that's like the suggested place, and then press the button on the end and it makes this like click and whir and go, pull it out. But point being, it's like, it feels expensive.
0: Yeah, totally. It's it's, it's a premium experience. It's a prestige product. <laughs> and you know, again, it comes back to what they're kind of pitching it to. Again, this is a product that your favourite celebrities are using. Mm. This is a product, you know, don't you want to look like your favourite celebrities? Mm. Wouldn't you love to look like these people? And I think this all kind of fits into it, which, again, very funny that being operated under the auspices of a non for profit A not-for-profit, a not-for-profit that will exist forever. That exist forever. And is all about bettering mankind or whatever. Well, they,
1: let's talk about our own experience then with that facet of it. You are not hungry when you take a Zempic. It works, right? Like, it suppresses no, it one's does And, like, I think
0: both of us only took the... A very low dose. Yeah, so like the low starter dose. Yeah, we, and we didn't upgrade to it. We just had a few sh- uh, doses of that. And mm-hmm. it, it yeah, it it works in a kind of a weird, strange way where it's sort of- usually... For me, i was just
1: like, I'm just not hungry. Yeah. Like, you just stop being, after a few weeks, took a few weeks to kick in,
0: but I just stopped being hungry. Just did not feel hungry at all. Which is also like, there's been a lot of report that like New York Times did a big story on this, Bloomberg did as well. That they're talking about. And this part of this is just probably for indexed hype about it, but it does kind of like stop you from desiring other things like. Yeah. For me, it was beer. Like uh, I, the type of beer I like
1: in particular is kind of XPAs, IPAs, basically like high calorie beers. People say like, basically like having a bread roll, not dark beers. Drinking a bread roll. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I like those ones. For whatever reason, alcohol and beer gets away with not putting, you know, the nutrition breakdown on the back. I don't know how they skirted those laws,
0: but, you know, more can you, power Can you imagine them. being served a pint at the pub and it's got, like, the, the table on, well, the, I mean, on the side of the, the glass? But, I mean, a can of beer doesn't have that. No,
1: you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't... Because I assume that would not look pretty. No, I can't imagine look. a way to, to make that look good. Um, but point being, like, I stopped enjoying the type of beers that I liked, which are, you know, yeah, IPAs, XPAs, etc. It suppressed my desire for them. Yeah. I just no longer was like, oh, it doesn't taste good. Not into it. Not into it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Not for me, thanks. I'll have a a
0: vodka soda, thank you.
1: (laughs) This kind of gear. Campari soda, let's be honest. Let's be honest.
0: That's kind of the way that functions as opposed to like previous weight loss drugs is it just makes you eat less, which obviously Mm. you have lower caloric intake, you're going to lose weight. Obviously, this was not the intended purpose of the drug. The purpose was to manage your blood sugar levels. Mm -hmm. And you were also talking about the fact that it gave you like insane cravings for sugar. Sugar, yeah. Another factor. I never used to eat sugar.
1: Like I just didn't, I don't really like high sugar things. It makes my mouth feel weird. Not something I've ever really liked for 10 years more. I I don't have like any sugar. But then all of a sudden when I was on a Zempic, I think it was because my body wasn't getting like enough energy and When I said this to you, I was like, I just, I'm craving sugar all of a sudden. Like, I just want sugary things. And you looked it up, and you're like, Oh, this is a very common side effect, presumably because yeah, like my body's just like, I need energy. Like, give me energy.
0: Yeah, well, this is this is the and one of the you know we we can obviously talk about the dark and evil side effects or whatever of which there are a number, but one of them is that people are like, yeah, you have to be incredibly careful to actually be getting your caloric intake, Mm. even if you're not feeling super hungry or whatever, yeah, because otherwise you're not just gonna lose fat you're going to lose muscle mass. Yeah. You know
1: and that that stuff is harder to put back on. Well that was something that I certainly found and one of the reasons that I got off it pretty quickly was that look some may argue that I probably shouldn't have been taking it in the first place because my BMI probably doesn't fall into a range that would necessitate burning fat. I'm going to put it out there. You were, you were doing this for science and also for a podcast. Yeah, and I wouldn't call myself a transhumanist, but I don't mind just experimenting with drugs on my body. Let's just put it out there.
0: Yeah, that's putting it lightly <laughs> <laughs> about, your, about your proclivities. Uh, um, but, but, anyway.
1: but, but no, like, I, I, I work out and whatnot, and I lost upper body. Like, I, I lost muscle, 100%. Like, my muscle went away because the body has nothing to turn into muscle. And it's like, as soon as your body stops, this is the whole thing with burning fat that I understand is that your body burns sugar. And then and it burns like it burns all the all of the things that you're putting into your body and then once it's run out of that, it starts burning fat and muscle. And like your muscles are in a I shouldn't go in like this is we're getting into biology now. Like a a carbolic state. Your muscles don't want to be there. They it takes a lot of up upkeep to like have muscle they want to be smaller because you got to maintain them with lots of protein and blah 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 so your body just gets rid of them as soon as it can because they're like too high maintenance so yes i I lost a bunch of muscle as well as a bunch of fat and as you say the issue with losing muscle is that it takes fucking ages to put it back on
0: yeah exactly so that's one of the 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 huge negatives but yeah so the that's sort of like the subjective experience how how it feel it eliminates desire which is it's troubling because desire is one of the motivating Uh, aspects of the human race yeah and certainly of capitalism Uh, you you need you need to desire something to to achieve it and if that goes away whether it be for food or for beers think of the economy or for uh, think of the goddamn economy folks anyway this we're getting esoteric here but anyway so as, as i said weird provincial pharma company that's all of a sudden become the biggest company in europe and remains so purely on the back of investors being like this is the ticket we found a weight loss drug that works. Mm. Obviously, the back end of that is the fact that Novo Nordisk did not have an insanely high industrial production capacity. Yeah, because they really they because you know there are there are a shitload of diabetes management drugs mm. out on the market. It's a, they were only one piece of that. Yes, there are a lot of people internationally that are prescribed that, but they're not the only game in town. They they were a big player, but certainly not to the level of this is the hottest drug that everybody suddenly wants a, a piece of. Mm. So they were unable to meet demand for this new use case, mm. which was, start, was starting, to, starting to be prescribed. So there's a vast shortage now. Yeah. Um, not enough of Zempic to go around. Not enough of Zempic to go around, which has obviously caused one of the key problems, which is, and everyone keeps talking about right now, which is the people who have been using it for you know 10 years, 15 years, to manage diabetes are not able to get their hands on it either, which mm. is like one of the big controversies out there. Which obviously leads to all these questions of, like, who deserves it?
1: Yeah, yeah. On on our episode uh, with Tim Doyle, the argument from, especially businesses who are selling it from a weight loss perspective, are like, well, I mean, obesity is a precursor to diabetes or whatever. Sure. And, like, putting on weight can lead to diabetes. And, like, weight loss and obesity should be, like, taken more seriously as, like, a... As a, like a, a medical issue. Yeah, a medical it's a medical solution, issue. Like, whatever. who's to say that people with diabetes are more deserving
0: yeah, yeah. of this drug than others? Yeah, obviously a relatively self-serving argument, but <laughs> fair enough. But anyway, but look, but also there, there are. I will. I'm
1: not. I'm not arguing on behalf of Big Pharma. I'm a, an objectivist. There are a heap of different like diabetes management drugs, as you said. Like there is
0: alternatives to OZ. There, are, there Yeah, there are alternatives there which some people are being put onto during this shortage. And there's the the additional fact that Zempic is not the only game in town. When when we did our episode at the end of last year about the top 10 companies by market cap, some would describe it as a filler episode. I thought it was key to our general content and growth strategy, but whatever. We keep referring to it, so it must have been important. Yeah, and uh, one of the top 10 biggest companies globally is Eli Lilly, who are a Mother Farmer Giant, they offer a, a whole shitload of products. But they have in the pipeline Munjaro. Yeah. Munjaro. Munjaro. Which is a Ozempic competitor. Yeah. Um, and, and you bet your ass, I'll I'll cop some of that for you.
1: For you the listener.
0: And I'll give it a crack. I'll shove it in. Well <laughs> From now on, down round is no longer a tech podcast. We're sort of a pharmaceuticals podcast where we just inject RAF with more and more Baroque chemicals. Just <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. And eventually it's going to be like, I'll be lining up with the syringe and being like, Raf, today we actually have Windex, mm. <laughs> which I, I picked up from my, from my kitchen cupboard. How are we feeling about a Windex, Raf? Anyway, that's what DevOps that. all about. And then occasionally we'll do an episode about Microsoft or something like that. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so yeah, there's a bunch of... Then there's other companies coming up too. So there's this weird little struggle between Novo Nordisk on the one hand and then a whole bunch of these other pharma companies that are like hungering after this segment. Mm. So there was a lot of hype, especially last year when all this stuff was kicking off and it was being prescribed everywhere and there was all these blind items about celebrities using it and everyone wanted it. That it started to come up, what is kind of like the broader impact of GLP-1 inhibitors? Mm. Maybe it's a fad, Maybe it's a hype, maybe it's just a weird hype cycle. But is this going to affect all these companies that sell like fast moving consumer goods? Or whatever, yeah, yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, we've, I have no idea what context we mentioned it in. But we did it, talk about this. Yeah. yeah it's like, how it, it, like, it was
0: showing up in people's quarterly earnings as like yeah, a it was,
1: key risk for gyms and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's going to be a key risk for big fitness companies, for like companies like McDonald's, companies like Coca Cola. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and
1: like, even like, Woolies was kind of addressing it in like under risks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that to this day, I'm pretty sure a lot of that was fluff, mm. in the sense that it was kind of like, well, we need to put something under our risk column, yeah. and we also need to maybe soften the landing if it does actually turns out to be true, mm. and this and everyone is suddenly on this thing. Because the big question that's coming up in everyone's minds is the current version of the drug is difficult to get. It's it's very expensive, very expensive. Very yeah. expensive. And well, also, I think the one. At the time when
1: I was on it, it was like 185 bucks a month. I think it's now gone up already to like 235
0: a month. Yeah, and then the other thing is that it also involves an injection, which a lot of people are not going to want to do. Yeah. Um, they're working on sort of like oral applications or whatever.
1: The um, injection actually wasn't so bad when you got it in that very nice – like. Mm-hmm.
0: But for people who are less enamoured by industrial design, as RAF is. That's true. (laughs) uh, I know you're a lover of beautifully designed objects. Uh, Most people just sort of get on with their lives. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, but the other part of the conversation, which came up when we were talking about it with Tim Doyle as well from Eucalyptus, and in a second we'll talk about their hilarious solution for this, which we mentioned at the end of last year as well, Obviously, this is a a well-attested drug that's been used for, like, 20-plus years for diabetes control. Mm. But the other side of it is the fact that, yes, it works, clearly, but what's, like, the long-term solution? Mm. So it's kind of like the moment... And you you and I both experience the moment you stop using it... Yeah. You just go back to normal. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely put back on the weight that I lost taking it. If not, like, I've put on a little bit more. Yeah, and I think this is kind of the big thing that... May keep it in sort of fad territory, like at least I think so. Yeah, where it's kind of like okay. it's quite uncomfortable to be on. It's I, and then I, as soon sucks. as you stop, it comes back. I, I, yeah, a I, it sucks. And yeah, like it sucks to be in a position where it's sort of like you go to a restaurant and you don't want to eat. Yeah, you, you 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 literally can't make force yourself to eat more. Yeah, you and go then, to a pub to have some beers with some friends, and, and yes, you just you don't might, want beers. exactly. And you might you might lose some some kilos and great, but then when you decide, all right, I'm done with this, all those same Food cravings sort of come come back exactly, and then you you sort of back on it. Unless they can solve that problem chemically, but you know neither of us can. And, and
1: I, I eat sugary stuff now as well. That's one last thing that's actually pissed me off. It's like I never used to eat sugar. Right now <laughs> we're eating a frigging like white chalk macadamia salted caramel cookie, which I never, I would not have gone. I my body didn't crave it before, but
0: now you do. It it, it created weird well, cravings thanks, thank that you, have stuck around. Thank you, Novo Nordisk. Yeah. That's our ultimate review. Is It's a drug that makes you want... Cookies. D- delicious white chalk macadamia cookies. So if you already like them, yeah. you'll get nothing out of this situation. <laughs> I was sleeping. I was sleeping so much. Because yeah, so you're they... tired. Yep, you have no food.
1: You're not eating anything. <laughs>
0: you've got no energy. Yeah. But the ver- the the funny thing, uh, we were just talking about Eucalyptus. Again, mm. we had Tim do on the podcast. Very clearly, they have built their entire business model. Obviously, they are a diversified sort of online health Yeah, we should company say so Eucalyptus,
1: we're talking about Pilot, Juniper,
0: blah, blah, blah. You, yeah, if you're, you're in Australia, seen you've seen an ad for it. Absolutely. They do... All sorts of online consults and prescribing and all that kind of thing, but it's pretty clear. And Tim was very, very, very candid when he was on the podcast. If you want to listen to a guy being very candid about the business he runs, yeah, to the point that it might frighten his investors, you should go back and listen to our pharmaceuticals episode. He basically admitted that Azampic was a huge, huge part their, growth driver of, of, for the of their growth. Yeah, and which had been reported elsewhere as well. Totally. Yeah, 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 totally. And we spoke to him while it seemed like it was still available, which it very much isn't anymore. Yeah. And so to maintain that growth, they have decided to make their own or at least, like, they provide the precursors mm. to compounding pharmacies who will then make it. Yeah. Not clear if this is an infringement of copy of patents or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a very
1: much up in the air and it's kind of like... Well, I'll say it's a legally grey zone for just... You know,
0: for the sake of the downround as an entity, um, no, it's it's a it's a hundred percent zone, and it's it again. This drags it hundred percent. The down round areas you have an online pharmacy, yeah, which is built on creating a slick, modern software experience for accessing pharmaceuticals and also like general health treatments. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot there's a lot of companies that are popping up that are purporting to do this. Yeah. Of which eucalyptus is a big one, but the US has heaps of them. But the idea that it's kind of like, oh, you go on, you talk to a doctor in a fun, nice little chat bot. There's probably some AI stuff going on, just to plug into the modern trends. Mm-hmm. Beautiful website, lovely design. And then that gets sent off to, like, an incredibly legally grey zone where, like, a pharmacist will compound this drug. The precursors to Azembic, which, I
1: mean, where have they been got from? Who knows, but sure. A- and make... Australian-made as Empic. Australian-made Azempic. At least seventy-seven percent Australian-made Azempic. And it, does, it
0: doesn't come in your cool little no slick needle. It, it comes, comes in four syringes. It comes in four syringes. So that's you know certainly certainly not something that I'd be interested in using. But whatever. And the TGA, the uh, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which basically approves what drugs and health products are available for use in Australia, has come out and said. It's not strictly illegal what they're doing, but you should probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> you probably shouldn't get those syringes unless you have a. They didn't say this. This is
1: now editorializing from my perspective. Uh, unless you have a wedding coming up,
0: if you got, if you got a wedding, <laughs> that's what the head of TJ said. He was like, "Oh, I don't know about this, but if you're if you're best man or you're getting married, yeah, but you know what? Nothing
1: mate, else. Bridal party, groomsmen." Best man? Yep. Guest? Nah. (laughs) Nah. Regular guest? No way. No. Celebrant? Sorry. Sorry. If you're starring
0: in a movie, then maybe. Maybe. Get on the the blower. We'll we'll talk through it. (laughs) But anyway, I think this is interesting, not only as the story that it is, where it's like an incredibly hyped drug, which is dubiously legal in a lot of jurisdictions, at least for this use, but... (laughs) Also, I think this feeds into, and this again links it back into a broader sort of downround conversation as well is that biotech, health sciences, that kind of world is rapidly growing and sort of encroaching on the tech industry at large. Yeah. So, you know, again, it might be, uh, you might be like, oh, this is, I listen to downround because it's a tech podcast. I want to hear about apps and all that kind of stuff. SaaS businesses. Yeah. I, I got into this for SaaS businesses. And one thing I think you're going to find is that, and this is just a, a Hanno prediction. We can sort of expand that to be a down round prediction if you want to. If you want I'm to jump on wait board, and see. You wait until I finish my thought. Yeah, um, is that biotech is really, really increasing as an area that's receiving a lot of investment. It's often talked about as kind of like the next big wave. As like I talk about, there's always a type of business in the economy that just like attracts generally smart people. Like people who don't necessarily have a specific ambition in mind, they're not mm. going through school thinking like, I wanna be a brain surgeon. Mm. I'm just talking about smart, driven people that wanna be part of something and they gravitate to certain industries. And it's always been the case. And it's been software for at least a decade.
1: Yeah, it was you know obviously like investment banking. Investment you know, banking at some... one point,
0: marketing uh, during the 20th century was like a big point. Unfortunately, mm. that Ended, and then RAF got into the game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now I'd like, you know. Then you had either end of the bell curve folks like me. <laughs> Depending on the issue. Depending <laughs> on the issue. Could be the dumbest thing you've ever heard, or actually quite insightful. Actually
0: actually quite sharp. I, I think we mentioned this in another episode as well, where it's apparently a phenomenon in Saudi Arabia. If you're just like a, a sharp person, you just go work for Saudi Aramco, mm. and they'll find a job for you. You can be an operator there in some capacity. It I is, assume it's the same in like Taiwan, right? Like yeah, exactly. You, you're going to work for TSMC. You, if you're exactly. Like you go. You go work for a chip fab or something like that. Software's been that for a while, at least in like America and the Western world. Um, but biotech is often talked about as like biotech, pharma, these sort of new therapies, drugs, whatever. I uh, a huge area for growth, where yeah. investment, human capital, all that kind of stuff.
1: I feel like we had this boom. It might be, I mean, you're younger than me, so you might not remember this. And I'm talking to you as well, the listener. Um, <laughs> but um, like there was a biotech boom about a decade ago because it does have similar dynamics to startups in that this real moonshot thing, right? Like you can invest in a small lab at that at the moment only has like five researchers or whatever that are trying to make an insulin patch that you don't actually have to inject. You can just put it on the skin or whatever. And I think this was like a, a hype startup at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, And right now, like...
0: Well, Theranos. Yeah, <laughs> well, Theranos, yeah, yeah. True, exactly. That was...
1: That, I mean, she definitely spilled over into real startup tech vibes. Yeah. But, you know, it, it has the same things where it's like, if they can pull this off, it's going to be worth fucking shitloads. Uh, it's going to be worth billions and billions of dollars. It's a five-person thing right now. They only need couple million dollars to just keep researching for the next kind of year, two years or whatever, and just do like the, you know, very early stage trials or whatever, and you can invest a small amount of money and get a huge win if it pays off. Like if, if it turns out it works, the then you can make shitloads of money, which is the same kind of dynamics as like an early stage startup, right? Like we have an idea, have a piece of software, it's either boom or bust. Like it's very unlikely that a biotech company is gonna make just like chug along As a normal business earning, you know, a few million dollars of revenue and just like delivering you as a shareholder like ten grand a
0: year is no, 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 yeah, yeah, you you wanted to explode. And I think a canary in the coal mine for this sort of stuff is like all the attention that's been given to. We did an episode about him, Brian Johnson, Mm. the anti-aging billionaire Mm. blueprint, like the blueprint. Then the guy who's made himself look like a bloodless vampire Mm. in pursuit of eternal youth. I'm.
1: I've since that episode. And I was, I was vaguely enamoured with him at the time. And I, I think I said it in our episode, like, I like our billionaires to be spending their money this way. I'm now fully on board. I think he's a king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's a young king. <laughs> How young do you think? Not a day above 41. <laughs> Great. So he's knocked like four years off his... <laughs> yeah. now, biologically, 18. Oh, amazing. No, Sperm it... count, I assume 16.
0: Why are you talking about 16-year-old sperm count? Well, I mean, he, he talks about it seemingly daily. <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's also a canary in the coal mine for, like, where a lot of the fixation is yeah, going to be. Yeah. Like, anti-aging, achieving some sort of, like, bodily perfection or yeah. whatever, but not through effort, necessarily. And I'm not saying that the secret lever is that you must be grinding constantly yeah. to, to achieve your perfect body, your perfect life, your perfect whatever, but doing it, like pharmaceutically Mm. or with some sort of like technological therapy or whatever yeah a lot of the i think this stuff is going to explode and i actually i think the way you describe like this beautiful industrial design needle is kind of a nice poetic way of putting it Mm. like imagine some sort of like biological therapeutic solution but like pitched as an iphone or like with an apple type branding yeah. or whatever it's very like dystopian sci-fi but that that stuff theranos already kind of went by that playbook right that's mm. what it was doing but that's coming down the pipeline and i think the the whole craze around azempic and the sort of techie way it's talked about and also it's tech valuation mm. as i said you know it's been a long time since a company has rocketed up to the top of a entire continent's table... The third biggest economy is in the world. Uh, ...that hasn't been kind of like a software business. Mm. Like, that, displaying that level of growth, I think, mark this page, slap a bookmark in, mm. because this, this is what's coming down the pipes.
1: Yeah, I think there's a certain level of kind of black pill defeatism to all of it, right? Like, and you hear the same thing with climate change and whatnot, where people get really hyped about finding, basically, like a Band-Aid salute. It's not like, let's not solve the root cause, although, like... The Novo Nordisk Foundation, or whatever, claims to be, and I should say that there's criticisms of the Novo Nordisk Foundation that they're just like trying to expand like into markets that can so they can sell as zempic. But absolutely, that's neither here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, there's like a defeatism to the idea that it's like, well, fuck, identifying the root cause of climate change and pumping carbon into the atmosphere or whatever, we'll just come up with a technological solution. Which don't get me wrong, I like am basically of the opinion that like if we solve this stuff, it's gonna be we work out some kind of technology that just fixes it or at least band-aids it, you
0: know, keeps it going. Yeah, you know, cloud seeding. Just like <laughs> shoot a bunch of little metal ball bearings into the atmosphere. Look, I don't I'm know. I'm all for it.
1: Like suck it up and then pump it into the earth again or whatever, you know, this this kind of thing. Shoot it off into space. Yeah, shoot it off into space, this kind of thing. But point being like, there is, the idea of addressing a root cause of most of this stuff is almost like a, an appeal to romanticism to be discussing that idea. Like, oh, we're going to work out what the issue there is. It's just like, oh no, it's happening. The forces
0: that are causing these things to happen, yeah, it's an, are far too powerful for, it's us, a,
1: for anyone to comprehend or stop. Well, it's, you know? a class, it's a
0: classic accelerationist thing, right? Yeah. And there's a reason why. It's kind of funny because if you read like the tech Twitter or like the tech influences, there's a real down the middle division between guys that are like, "Hell yes, you know, um, azempic, new biotech stuff. This is the solution. We need to fucking accelerate." Let's leave the past in the past. The sort of inputs of society and the various interest groups and the various contingencies you have to deal with, they don't matter. Mm. We just need to accelerate, pump a bunch of money in, get a Zempic in the water supply. Yeah. You know, in the same way we did fluoride, whatever. Let's work out a way you could administer it through a pill. Let's work you do that. And and at the end of it, we're going to be skinny, muscular slaves to AI or (laughs) or whatever they imagine the future is. And on the other side, you have the guys that are like, Actually, life is kind of about the grind, and if we lose our desire and our impetus to improve ourselves, then what have we got left? And it's very funny because – and it's a complete, like, moralistic argument on either side. Yeah. But you can really see that sort of dispute happening. But, yeah, as I said, maybe it's a fad. It seems – to me, it seems like a lot of the, the side effects, plus the fact that if you want to use it, you kind of have to be using it perpetually. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't even consider the fact that obviously some people are going to have a bad reaction to it. There's Yeah, apparently
1: of... it's something like 50% of people go off it after like two weeks or some shit like that. Because of
0: the the side of it, like you feel nauseous, there's obviously really extreme examples, bowel obstructions, blah, 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 which I guess is something that you face if you expand a pharmaceuticals use to like the whole population. So obviously we are not giving you medical advice. No, no. Like <laughs> yes. even if
1: you have a wedding coming up, do your own research. <laughs> it's like but we're not telling
0: you to take it and hopefully the fact that we've – talked about the elimination of desire plus the fact it's not going to work forever gives you some context for that but we thought we wanted to talk about it because this is the way the world's going biotech it's one of the next big crazes and you're going to be seeing a lot more of this kind of thing yeah are you willing to sign on to my view now having heard it
1: i don't really know what it is but i'm going to whatever mine is i'm going to stick with it (laughs) love that (laughs)